Uh, okay, so here I am talking to Stacy again, and this is about her experience with the fifth step. So we were just talking about, you know, your two experiences with the first step. So you want to talk about your first one? Yeah, so I, I feel like I, I don't know, this comes up in meetings just around the fourth and fifth step and just other things related to it. But my first fifth step, it was one of the most transformational experiences to this day, even I could say that I've had in recovery as far as like, I can tell you, I can remember like where I was sitting, you know, what that felt like. It was one of the first like watershed experiences around releasing shame, um, which I didn't know that's what it was. That's not the language I would have used at the time, but now I know that's partially why it was so powerful um, to be sitting across a table from my sponsor, you know, another person in program saying me too. And yes, I've done even worse. <laughs> and, you know, like literally looking at me and like smiling at me and being warm and me saying things that I had never shared with anyone, anyone. Um, and seeing someone just holding that in a loving way. I mean, I'd never really experienced anything like that. Um, so that was kind of the, the blueprint or, um, you know, that's like that laid down sort of the foundation of that experience for me. Um, and, you know, early in recovery, or I feel like the first time through the steps, there's always going to be, it's going to have its own power, you know, be its own thing. And then of course, for me, as I continue on in recovery with more time, it's the nuances of working the steps again. It's these little layers and, you know, more subtle things that, that come to the surface that are all part of the journey of recovery, um, where, you know, right now, so I've done some other fifth steps in between that first one and the one I'm on currently on right now. And the one I'm on right now, like, couldn't be more different from my first one where, so that first one was like in an afternoon, I think it was, you know, maybe lasted a couple hours. It was kind of like, I had done the fourth step and it's like, let's sit down and do this. Let's just be very clear about like, here's what we're doing. And, you know, and that's the way I think it needed to happen at that time. It felt very, freeing just to say, here's our date, we're sitting down and doing it, and then it'll be done. You know, we didn't have an exact time, but like, we know it'll be done in this afternoon. And that's what I needed at the time. And now this fifth step, it's taken me months to share. And this is our second fifth step together. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. So I've already done another one with you. And yeah. the current one. Yeah, it's taking months. And you know, I've, I've had some difficulty with that at different times, the part of me, the controlling part of me that, you know, wants to check off another step and, and move along. And it's been a lot of necessary learning, you know, around trusting the process and the process leading me and, you know, it working through me rather than me working it. Um, that's what I've really come to learn at this point in my recovery is like, oh, right. No, I'm along for this ride right here. I'm not like directing this one. So it's really been about, yeah, just taking it in these little pieces and then really having time to like sit and digest each of those pieces. And, and again, it's a, just a different, it's kind of a, you know, it's a different approach, but also one that is necessary for where I'm at right now. Yeah. I always think of like that very first time, cause I also had that, you know, make a list, sit down and just, you just spew it. You just tell the person and then they don't run away. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely my first time. And then again, my second one was, you know, a lot more involved like this one is where it's slower, 
it goes way more into, like you said, nuances and subtleties. And it's more about deep diving into, you know, each item as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, in terms of looking at patterns and things. So when you, so yeah, so I'm glad we're talking about the different experiences of even doing a, a fifth step, different experiences with different sponsors. Now, when you think about your first fifth step, what was your experience in terms of looking at your part? Um, you mean the process of just looking at my part? Or sure, the process, or if there's anything that you particularly recall that was sort of something new for you. Yeah, I think, you know, again, the first one was more of like looking at each item kind of as one piece, you know, the sort of whole four column yeah. thing taking each one of those things um, together where, yeah, looking at my, after I'd done the whole, you know, why do I have the resentment part and what does it affect? Um, yeah, moving right into, you know, what is my part and just seeing the patterns with like fear, I think was on every single one. I mean, for, I don't know how to write a yeah. step, like, yeah, it, it's all of it. Um, and then of course, you know, and a few other elements too so it's just starting to like see the patterns and right. um yeah starting to to link those different things and whereas the other ones I've done since then and with you the first one I did where it was focusing it was kind of dividing up the fourth yeah. step and looking at like what's just the resentment first and kind of sitting with that and exploring that and what does it affect and then like separately moving into my part so really again it's like the nuances and the yeah. the subtle of that and and for me remembering like especially since I've been through the process several times being careful not to get into rote like well of course I know like fear is here because that's just how I work it's like well let's stop and like yeah yeah fear fear is probably here but like let's again let's slow it down and look at you know what the deeper connections of the fear um and what just on you know fear yeah like unpacking it some more yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, I think it's just like the nature of the process. Like the, some of the basic elements are the same, but just yeah. the process um, yeah. has been different. Um, I think it's really powerful that again, in that first experience that we'll, we'll use resentments as an example that, you know, going through your resentments and then getting to that lost column and, you know, having to be asked like, you know, what part of self was affected you know, um, what's it? I don't even remember the column names. I should probably have looked at that before. <laughs> you, know? you can add that note later. You can add that, you know what I mean? But again, but just looking at like, and you know, that fear, fear, fear. And then that's the reason why, again, I like that four step grid because it's like, oh, here's fear again. Oh, here's fear again. Oh, wow. These all have fear attached to them. Like, Oh, fear, you know, and self-serving. It's like, oh, I, or selfish and self-serving and not understanding how resentment could be selfish and self-serving. It's like, well, are you mad that you didn't get your way? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Are you mad that things aren't happening the way that you think they should be happening? Right. So for me, I like a big, huge thing on that first step that I also had for different reasons, just that like, whoa, was with my expectations 
or with my resentments, like all of these resentments about things that happened in my childhood, where it's like, what's my part? You know what I mean? Like, how can you possibly whatever? And, you know, how do I have any part in this? And coming to a place of realizing that it was like, well, I expect people to behave a certain way. And, and having, and here was the thing that was very powerful was it was not that my expectations were unreasonable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to expect a parent or someone who is supposed to be taking care of you to behave, to have certain behaviors. That expectation, it's like, I expect that, you know, lights are gonna turn green, turn red, whatever. However, if I keep driving down the same road and this light refuses to turn green and yellow, red or whatever, and I keep driving down that road and I keep expecting, you know what I mean? That now it's that I have these expectations and I judge the light or I judge it as being wrong. Now I'm self-righteous. And now I'm holding on to the resentment. Mm-hmm. So that piece was really powerful for me was having to parse out expectations that were reasonable versus expectations towards people who have shown me again and again and again, right? That they cannot be the person that I think they should be, you know? Right. Yeah. That was actually, I think maybe on my second, fifth step, second or third, somewhere in there of uh, one I did before you, um, where I think that's when I sort of saw that a sponsor had pointed out like that I had expectations and I had judgment. And this was specifically of like sick people. Um, and that was so helpful to just see, to use that lens again, exactly what you said of like, that may be a completely acceptable expectation to have for like, healthy human beings but these were not healthy people I was putting that expectation on and I had plenty of experience to show that this was not going to happen and I cut I kept you know yeah I kept up with expectation so and then I was judging that they weren't meeting the expectation so I was setting myself up you know over and over again yeah for disappointment and then resentment and so seeing how my part in that cycle you know how I set myself up for the pain that cycle so making that connection especially with specific people like seeing that pattern yeah, yeah. was helpful too well and then also I just realized my heat turned on so let me see if I can turn that off um but also with the expectations with uh is that part of the reason for having the expectation for me was recognizing how much I wanted these people to show up for me like yeah. wanted them to be the, the, and that that was me holding on to the resentment was this like part of me wanting to hold on to the resentment was I didn't want to accept that these yeah. people would never show up for me in the way that I needed them to show up for me. Right. And so interestingly enough, a lot of that revelatory experience around my resentments and having to, to accept people as they are was also a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. really finally you know in letting go of the anger getting in touch with a lot of grief yes yeah and that's where I also have learned through that through seeing that cycle um and just yeah going into that level of detail 
Right. Where I've, I've kept myself even, you know, unwittingly in that resentment cycle because I didn't want to get into the grief and this wasn't even conscious, right. For yeah. a time, but just like yeah. continue that expectation, judgment, disappointment, resentment. Yeah. And then, yeah, finally getting clarity on that. And then that being one of the things that could then help me move into the grief. And then the other part for me was, yeah, finally being able to put down those expectations and get to a place of acceptance, at least around these specific people. Right. Because I, I do look at, you know, expectations, at least placed on unhealthy people are like a twisted form of hope. I, you know, and hope is a beautiful thing. It's like, I'm always going to hope that like, yeah, that can show up for me. I'm always going to hope that like, there's some chance. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's like misapplied hope. And so yeah. it, it me direct hope to appropriate places where then I could expect healthy people in my life yeah. to show up for me and help give me what I need and help me create that chosen family and other circles of support. And instead of continuing in that cycle of going to the same place where I wasn't going to get my needs met right. and steps of actually getting a lot of healing in that area. Yeah. Once I connection. Yeah. Right. And again, also recognizing that it doesn't mean you have to cut these people out of your life. It's kind of goes back to the, you know, going to the hardware store for milk, you know, hardware stores are great places to go. Just don't <laughs> go expecting groceries. You know what I mean? Like, so that's on the resentment thing. So now let's talk a little bit about the fear inventory. Was there anything that you sort of in having to write out your fears that also sort of you know, um, any sort of self-awareness that came out of that or. Um, so I may have said this on other podcasts because it's a, a strong theme for me, but yeah, hanging out in anger is a very comfortable place for me. So it's like, you want me to write about resentments? Oh, I'll write about resentment. So doing that and then getting into the fear is like, oh, we're moving into deeper levels of vulnerability here. So just having to like, see that that's what was happening. Um, and accepting like, okay, I'm going to need to be in this level of vulnerability to like really look at what these fears are. Yeah. Um, really get a lot of support from my fellows and sponsor mm-hmm. and people along the way, because, you know, I hadn't, especially before, you know, some of these fourth and fifth steps, I hadn't dwelled in that, you know, level of fear, at least for very long. It was always about like numbing the fear and running away from it. So it's like, okay, oh, I'm going to sit down and like, look at it again and talk about it some more. Um, so it was another step and just, yeah, accepting and embracing, you know, the whole of my humanity and fear is part of that and starting right. to understand fear more that it's not, and even with shame, right? You've taught me that, that it's not like, it's a horrible, you know, characteristic. I'm gonna do all these things to get it out of my life because we see how harmful it is and how it prevents us from, you know, yeah. living this life and all these things. It's like, actually, it's about integration. So I have to make friends with fear and shame yeah. just as much as I would with anything else. Yeah. So what does that look like? And yeah. that's like the deeper, you know, really yeah. the deep kind of learning around that. Yeah. And friends in the sense of, you know, politeness, you know what I mean? They don't have to be best friends with fear and shame, <laughs> but again, just like that they are parts of you. And, and I think that it's, it doesn't serve us when we just try to reject those parts, you know, cause again, we're being fed, that's sh- actually shame driving, you know, the, our, our internal experience. Right. Right. It's like, I'm trying to think of a, a good analogy. Um, 
Yeah, it'd be like trying to cut out a part of your body yeah. that has a function, yeah. you know, like your digestive system and needing to like yeah. expel every day because you didn't like the way it looked you know what I mean or or it might even be like you know that you don't want to poop because it's so gross right that's what I mean yeah you know know, shame has a function and again it's and and there are schools of thought that don't agree with this so let's just say that that there are people who think that shame has no function but there are people who think that it does but again the point is is that it's it's you know it's not about hoping to ever get to a place where you never experience shame ever again. And, and that's like, and that's something that's achievable, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if it's achievable that we never have another type of human emotion ever. Right. And it's whatever the human emotion is. It's like, Oh, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think that's a realistic goal. Yeah. And it's, and it helps me to go back to looking at shame and fear in particular as like, they all started from a good place as well. Like a lot of other things, like trying to help me. And then, you know, a lot of things happened and it went awry. So like keeping in mind, like these things are here for a reason. Um, And again, it's out of like um, a way to help me. So I I can look at that part and that helps me with the acceptance. Um, yeah, and well, let's go back to, I wanted to end with the shame thing. So let's go back to the fear thing. So here's something that I noticed when I was looking at what's my part, right? So it's kind of like we're doing fear and, you know, what's my part? All right, well, when it was me, oh, you look frozen, babe. Oh, oh there you are. Gonna move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when it was me with what's my part, I was like, so what's my part? And it kept coming up to um, two things, Uh, not trusting in my, in my higher power, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, and then the other thing was that my fears about the future came from the past. Mm -hmm. And so my past experiences were completely controlling my present perception I wasn't giving myself any credit in terms of my ability to make different choices or to put myself in different situations or that even if I was in the same situation, found myself in a similar situation, that I would handle it with a lot more grace. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, a lot for me, it's like that I forget I have the tools that I have now, you know, when I'm in fear, it's like, I've got way more tools than I used to when I was, you know, in these other situations and I'll forget about those tools or I'll forget about my higher power, you know, they're helping me in all of its different forms. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Anything else for you on the fear thing that, that you remember in terms of your part? Hmm. Trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah. I think for me, it was just really seeing, again, it's like the things being right-sized, you know, for me, like fear had just like expanded, like that 50s horror movie, The Blob, you know, it was just, it could just keep growing and growing. And it's like, again, fear does have its place, right? It can be right-sized yeah. purpose, but like just really seeing how it could spill out on anything, um, really anything. So yeah, just looking at, 
the t my tendency, again, based on my past experiences uh, to go there and then learning like the new choices that I had and actually practicing those. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we had uh, sexual conduct. When you did that uh, four step, did you have any particular experiences with that? Oh, you're frozen again. Oh, there you are. Um, I think, oh, sorry, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of the classic, I mean, at first, like, oh my God, you expect me to share this with someone else? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't, know. and I'm not asking you for details, I'm asking your experience. No, I, I'm just saying my thought, you know, it was just yeah. like, this is like, you're expecting me to write some things down around this. Um, but, you know, actually doing it. And even as I was writing it, like already feeling some relief just to get it, you know, right. black and white, like out of my head, rolling around and down in black and white on paper. Yeah. And then again, that experience back to my first one, that's where I first, you know, spoke aloud to anyone right. about these things and have someone nodding and smiling and hugging me. Yeah. Yeah, just um, holding all of it with me. And then since then, again, looking at even sometimes addressing some of the same things, but going yeah. deeper, um, yeah. you know, coming around to some themes or people that needed yeah. more, you know, that's what I've learned since then yeah. is that some people were not done on that first, you know, fifth step, like some yeah. had to, you know, another visit or more and that's okay. And that's what I've learned about like the whole analogy of, spiraling up around the mountain right the yeah. path is around yeah. the mountain, but we're spiraling up you know yeah. on each location but we're coming yeah. back around the same thing sometimes also I think I this is a good place for me to say that I had things on my sexual inventory that I was that were out that were part of an alternative culture and I did not want to share them with my uh wonderful grandmother um sponsor i wanted to share them with i was very fortunate in that my uh guru well she's not really my girl sella that she understood the alternative culture and so you know so i and she has 12-step background so i could say i'd rather i felt more comfortable talking about them with her you know um and then, uh, then with my grandmother sponsor mm. at the time, I just, you know, it's already, so I guess what I'm speaking to is I, I found when it came to like, really like getting my freak on kind of stuff, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't ashamed of it. I just wanted to talk to someone who understood the culture and could help just get to like, even help me figure out like, you know, is this something I should be ashamed of or, you know, or whatever. And so I, I always like to tell that because, you know, for some people it's like, they'll take it to, there are parts of their four step that it's so excruciating to be able to share that. It's like, okay, well, if you, if you don't feel safe for whatever reason, I mean, mine was a kind of weird reason, but you know what I mean? I've, I've had women who, you know, they didn't want to share their sexual abuse stuff. It's like, okay, well, share it with hopefully with a therapist or someone who under, or, you know, a minister or pastor or whatever, who understands what you're doing and can help yeah. you and help free you from 
you know, keeping this such a painful secret, you know? Yeah. I think what you're talking about just makes me think of like outside help and its role in all yeah. this, like levels of disclosure where yeah. it's like, you know, there's still like a, it's still a fifth step. It's not a therapy session, you yeah. know? And so I'm still like, I'm going with the overall outlines and any like important details. But like, if I really have work that I still need to do, like really yeah. digging into like the core of shame around some yeah. of that, that's what I do with a therapist. Yeah. So it's like being clear. And sometimes you only learn that as you're doing it. Right. Um, right. But start to get clear on, okay, which part is actually for the fifth step and which part is like deeper work that right. I need. <clears throat> and like yeah. I said, there can be various reasons. Maybe you're a gay man and your sponsor's not. You know what I mean? Right. And you just feel more comfortable, you know? And so you can find another person in the program, you know what right. I mean? And who will take that part of your fifth step, not mm -hmm. the whole thing, but just the part that you would just feel a little bit more comfortable talking about these very sensitive issues, whatever they are, mm -hmm. with someone who, you know, you feel will kind of get it, you know? Right. It's like somebody who already has the context and that can be right. really important to not have to waste time like explaining, you know, some well, background. That's the thing. It's like a, for a lot of reasons around, you know, our sexual inventory. I mean, the whole point is to be freed from shame. Yeah. So I think it's absolutely appropriate to protect yourself from getting subtly shamed again. Right. Yeah. You know, or or just that it's so hard for you yeah. that you need to do it with a professional. Right. So either reason, either one that you just want someone that you feel is going to get the subculture that you're, that you're talking about, you know, as an example, or two that, you know, it's the fact that you're going to say this out loud is a miracle. And, yeah. and you just need to just take this one aspect of it you know, to your therapist, as opposed to your sponsor, chances are after you do that, mm -hmm. there's a big percentage of people who, after they do that, can share it with their sponsor and whatever, maybe not right away, but eventually, because again, the healing takes place. So. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking that as you were talking, that's been exactly my experience. It's this iterative thing where it's like, okay, I shared like the basics with my sponsor and then I explored it more in therapy and then on my next fifth step, I was able to go in like more detail. And, you know, it's just this process that just yes. keeps it being, you know, each other. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And then what about harms done? So I guess, oh, before we move on to harms done. Um, so with the sexual inventory, any sort of revelations about what your part was? Having to look at what your part, because that's a lot. First of all, the reason why I keep bringing that is like when people you know, do, it's like, first of all, they have to look at it, mm. then they have to share it. But then on top of it, we're asking people like when it comes to, you know, your sex inventory or your fears, your resentments, what's your part, you know, constantly being asked, like, what's your part? That's, yeah. not, that's not a bad question. And this is where I like to talk about, like, you know, if that feels too blaming for you, then just say, how did I co-create this experience? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I think for me on the sexual inventory, you know, it was a lot of looking at like 
how I used people. And this is, you know, it's like, yeah, we were both consenting adults um, right. or whoever was involved in the situation. Yeah. And, but I, there was still like using going on, you know, there yeah. was me treating people in ways that did not follow the integrity I wanted to have, you know, kind of seeing that theme, even if it were like, and I thought, I don't want to get too much into the subtle difference between this, but it's like, yeah, looking at various sexual behaviors that some people might like and some people aren't cool with and, and all yeah. of that. It's like outside of that, there's still this feeling of like, were you using someone yeah. in, you know, for a specific kind of yeah or not? And that's like sort of the cloud over a lot of it for me that I was yeah. able to, to see and start kind of untangling. The other thing that was also on my part with the sexual behaviors was, um, aside from that, definitely, um, mm -hmm. I also had, you know, that I was so disconnected from myself, you know, yeah. that I was that I was just objectifying people, you know, mm -hmm. because I wanted to look like I was just a very sexually active, you know, got a game on kind of person. And, and then the other thing around some other sexual behavior was, that I didn't listen to my instincts. You yeah. Know I mean? That it's like, you know, I knew that this person, you know, I, and I just, I just yeah. didn't listen. So it's not a shaming thing. Again, I want to say this again, it's more, how did I co-create this experience? Mm -hmm. You know, well, I entered it when I knew I shouldn't have. It doesn't mean that whatever happened is my fault. It's just, oh, okay. That's something. The reason why I want to know that is so that I don't do it again. Right. <laughs> you know? So that I'm aware of like, oh, I often would enter into situations when I knew that I shouldn't. And by putting it on the four step and seeing that it happens over and over and over again, which actually this isn't my experience. I'm, I'm actually thinking about a sponsee that then the awareness comes of like, oh, this is something that I do. And then right. the next time that comes around, you actually will have that voice going, wait, am I doing this again? And right. you'll be able to make a different choice. Right, yeah, for me, like related to that was seeing how, again, with the sort of using people or like sort of experimenting with my power. Mm -hmm. thing, you know, part of the, that was like using people like they were a substance, you know, to numb myself and to, you yeah. know, disassociate just things like that so getting yeah. clarity you know that behavior and seeing how yeah. much it was food and anything else um yeah or using people so that when you know you were sitting around with your friends and they're like oh what's going on in your life you're like you would have someone to talk about yeah yeah oh yeah i'm out there don't worry someone yeah. wants me <laughs> right you know so, and, and of course, a very, in terms of the sexual inventory, but I am aware of the time. So let's move on to like just general harms done. Do you remember your experience around that workbook or worksheet? Um, yeah, I think, I think after doing all the other sections, yeah. um, you know, really clarified things along the way. It was helpful, yeah, not to overthink too much of like, well, what's going to be in that, you know, the harms done category. Um, I just, yeah, I got a lot of clarity through all the other ones on resentments and fear and, and sexual mm -hmm. behavior. Um, yeah, where then it was looking at, I feel like at that point, I can see now that it's such a preparation for step six, seven, eight, and nine, where yeah. it's like, that's really kind of setting you know me up for, 
okay, like what were my actual harms and really starting to see what I did, you know, maybe from the other person's perspective and then starting, you know, not getting into eight and nine yet, but starting to get a sense of like, and what would I do differently or what, you know, would um, amends look like just starting to think about that in context? Well, I didn't actually have to think about any of that. And I don't recommend that people do, but it's really like, for me, the harm's done. That's where I got to write my lying, my cheating, my stealing, my using, my manipulating. And, and what was, so some of that was definitely valid, right? Like, you know, and again, going through just, first of all, just general stuff. Like I couldn't write every store that I stole something from that. Right. <clears throat> I was a klepto, but, um, but, you know, certainly going through, you know, my phone books, my list of names, you know, and thinking about harms done. And what was great about it was that I wrote down everything, you know, and I actually got to have my sponsor tell me, you know what I mean? Yeah, you were an asshole, but you were 14. You know, like, you know, so it's like, you don't know this person, you don't need to call this person up again, but I got to look and, and for me, this was equally, this was, you know, I think like, I don't know, just coming from a different background, the sexual conduct was like, I was like, whatever, you know, I was in San Francisco, sex positive community. I was, I was like, what? Uh, There's no, the harm's done around. I hurt this person's feelings. You know what I mean? I didn't pay this person back on time. I stole all this stuff. That was where all my shame was, you know, like, because I was constantly not living up to my own moral center Mm -hmm. and I knew it and I just did it anyway. And so that was actually pretty hard. Because again, you know, having this sort of persona of, you know, this rock of integrity, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, that's not how I started. <laughs> I mean, I stole from my best friend. I mean, you know, just like, and, and so again, that was very healing to actually sit across from my sponsor and be like, here's the shit that I have done to people. Here's where I've acted like a total self-centered narcissist, you know, and was really only interested in my own self-interest, you know? Um, And, and again, that's why it's like, let go of, you know, if I had to think about, oh, I have to make amends. So I I would have, I just had to like, be like, okay, what's important for me is that I tell the truth about myself finally to someone, you know, Mm -hmm. all the four step worksheets, like this one person, you know, again, Mm -hmm. except for those, you know, kinky things. Mm -hmm. And then, but, you know, to be fair, I, I told it to Stella who already knew all the other things, you know what I mean? So um, that, that was really powerful for me was, you know, to just have someone know, like, here's how low my behavior Mm -hmm. can get, you Mm -hmm. know, here's like, and again, it had a lot to do with stealing. Yeah. And, and that I would steal from anyone, you know, yeah. and, uh, or just manipulating. And, and that was so, so anyway, so that's my experience with the harms done. Um, and again, I think my part on that was so much around, um, you know, a lot of it was fear. 
And a lot of it was just, it wasn't actually a column or a thing, but just wanting to self-harm, you know, like sort of, you know, being that I didn't deserve to be the person I wanted to be. Yeah, I, I totally have had that same experience where it's like, I've convinced myself I'm such a piece of shit that now I'm going to live up to yeah. that. I'm going to live down <laughs> to that. Yeah, live down. <laughs> you know. Myself. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. like confirming it, needing to like confirm it in the yeah. sick way for all those yeah. behaviors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me too, I saw the link, the connection between those harms and just the cycle of, you know, and then I would use whatever substance, you know, fill in the blank for me yeah. or do what behavior and then feel even shittier about that. And so then I, you know, would lead me to another harmful behavior that would yeah. just reinforce that cycle, yeah. like seeing how much it was a part of reinforcing my, yeah, uh, just all the addictive behaviors too. Yeah, exactly. And so again, to, and I know Stacy and I keep saying the same thing and I'm talking to the person listening, which is there's no, there's no way to replicate, you know, doing a four step and then doing your fifth step with your sponsor, telling your sponsor all of this stuff. And, and not only have them say like, yeah, oh, I did that, or I did that, or yeah, no, I get it, look, you know, and saying like, oh, it's amazing what we do when we're wounded, you know, and, and just again, just to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm just another human being like everyone else, you know, and just, there's no reading a self-help book, listening to podcasts, you know, nothing can replicate eyeball to eyeball, you know, sharing that with your sponsor and feeling, and, and by this time, hopefully your sponsor has earned your trust, you know, know, so that you would read, you know, your, your four step to them and get the church of, you know, as we say, the Anne Lamont church of me too, like, yeah, you're just another bozo on the bus, like all of us. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that part of it just, it got me out of just the sick thinking and which, you know, this is all part of the environment that bred some of this, like a perfectionism and these unrealistic standards. And that's part of what I used to punish myself and then to say that to someone else. And, you know, yes, there were some like messed up things that pretty much I think feel like only an addict would do that I was sharing. But even so it's like also just what a human would do. You know, there was a validation that like, Oh, this is some things that humans do sometimes. And we, I'm, I'm here like hearing this and accepting it and seeing you as a human being. Right. There's that part of it too. I think me feeling like I'm just part of the human family. Right. And, and yes, you know, also accepting that I'm an addict and these right. other things, but there's just a humanizing aspect to it that I think was also really right. powerful. And literally sort of being asked subtly or not subtly, you know, by your sponsor or by your community, are you ready to stop doing that now? Yeah. Are you ready right. to put down all of this self-harming behavior? Right. Hold on to anger, shaming yourself, you know, being riddled with fear. Like all of this stuff is self-harming you. Are you right. ready to put this down? And then of course you go into the six, seven, eight, nine. It's like, okay. So yeah. 
you know, but anyway, so to wrap up, is there anything else that you would want to sort of throw out there to the, to the void, you know, around doing your fist step? Yeah, I guess I think I already said this, but just to hear myself say it again too, um, you know, it's a really trust the process step. I mean, I think all the steps are, but this one in particular, um, for me, you know, has been very much about just do like this assignment or do the, you know, the parts of this and like trust the process with your sponsor. Um, and just, yeah, again, I can't overemphasize the profound experience of relief uh, that it has been for me uh, every time, you know, every different version, but it, yeah, like you said, you, you can't, capture that uh, until you've actually done it yeah. and it's um it's such a place of power and hope in this program yeah awesome yeah all right honey thank you so much yeah great to talk to you as always